0: And tonight we're doing Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, I think it's up for a few Academy Awards coming up. Mm-hmm. It's a Guillermo del Toro film, famous for uh, Pan's Labyrinth and the fishbanging movie, also known as Shape of Water, <laughs> Oscar <laughs> winning fishbanging movie. Uh, and uh, this is based on a book from the 1946, and then also uh, there's a film version in 1947, so it's an old. An old tale, and he wanted to remake it. I don't really know if he frequently remakes things, but uh, you had... The, it, you, was it
1: called it in, in the 40s? Was it called the same thing?
0: It was also called Nightmare Alley, yes. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that that uh, old one, the 40, 47 one. But uh, you had some interest in this, correct? Usually you, uh, you along with Jess, aren't super familiar with all the things we're doing. But, uh...
1: Yeah. You, I saw... Uh, I guess it was just so- one social media that I was on a couple months ago, and I had saw, I would seen the um, what do they call posters for these with all the different ca- uh, actors that are going to be in it.
0: They do call them posters, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, you know what I mean. It's got each each one is a separate character so they were it was i was just flipping through them and i'm like oh it's like like." the
0: series of posters and they're all different like uh like ooh, like look at this headshot of this actor that you've seen you got it that's it
1: so i saw that um maybe on reddit or something and i was just scrolling through and i'm like oh i like that actor oh i like that actress oh i like that actor so already piqued my interest um pretty big fan of of tony collette and bradley cooper so to see that those are two stars of this film um really made me want to uh investigate
0: the stars as you said bradley cooper kate blanchett tony collette willem dafoe richard jenkins or Maher, ron perlman mary hergenbergen as we call her, steen version (laughs) Uh, and david strahan and tim blake uh nelson so, uh, it was like a... Briefly. <laughs> Briefly, but uh, he's a, you know, a notable name, so I figured to mention it, uh, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's an eighty-ish percent around Rotten Tomatoes. It's good. It's pretty pretty high reviews overall. And uh, oh, I guess I haven't done the story. Uh, it's nineteen forties New York. Down on his luck, Stanton Carlyle endears himself to a clairvoyant and her mentalist husband at a traveling carnival. Using newly acquired knowledge, Carlyle crafts a golden ticket to success by swindling the elite and wealthy. Uh, it goes pretty deep into the movie. It's like at least a. Third in, but it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so there's a lot more stuff going on on HBO Max if you want to see it. Uh, no, not HBO Max. Hulu, right? Hulu is where we saw this? Pretty I sure think Hulu. so. Yeah, so Hulu is where this is right now, and uh, yeah, up for, I think, costuming and maybe something else at the mm-hmm. awards. So haven't seen it go check it out we're going to spoil it now and so bradley cooper is our main character at stanton and uh he is uh we meet him at the beginning and we don't know really much anything about him we see he's burying a body and burning a house down in the middle of nowhere he gets on a bus and he gets off at a carnival and uh he he kind of wanders in Uh, he wanders into what's called a geek show which is where uh a uh, a malnourished person uh, who uh, has addiction issues, typically, and a lot of other mental problems, probably, uh, is given a well, live probably chicken. Probably
1: after words. Was it? Probably after he's been in this thing for a while. He's got some mental issues. He's <laughs> he's not doing well. A
0: guy who uh, who's the the whole catchphrase of the carnival barker is uh, is he man or beast? So when that's the that's well that's your thing. It's uh uh, he's not doing well and he bites the head off a chicken and people pay a quarter to see it Uh, so uh, he goes and sees this and then uh, immediately uh, gets stopped by Ron Perlman who's one of the big big guys who works there Uh, he's like oh what are you doing back here and eventually he's like oh we could use some extra hands to help roll the stuff up and, like, just, like, put stuff away because it's a traveling carnival, so at the end of the day, they pack it all up. Uh, so they pay him uh, a dollar, and then they uh, the carnival barker, who is Willem Dafoe, also buys the radio off of him. And so he joins this carnival, and uh, he's just kind of helping people out. He helps out Tony Collette and her husband, and they are, like, a former mentali- they're a mentalist act. Uh, they used to be a big time, but now they're just kind of slumming it with these guys. And mentalism is when you're like, oh, like uh so someone is someone here i'm getting a reading it's like a like a fortune tellery kind of person and they can speak with the dead apparently but it's all you know tricks and stuff and uh he takes an interest to this and he has an aptitude for it so he starts to get into it and then he runs off with one of the other carnival people the girl who gets electrocuted played by rudy mara and they go off in the big time and they're doing well and then he runs into Kate blanchett at a show who is uh it's like a ther- therapist, psychologist, some some sort of something like that, and uh, they got a scheme going, and they're gonna start pushing things to the edge, but uh, it's gonna come back to bite them at some point. So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's Nightmare Alley. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff going on, uh, and the, the the title is not. Uh, I think at one point Nightmare Alley is like a place, like where on the on the train tracks where like a lot of the carnies get picked up um so nicole what did you think of this
1: yeah uh the if you don't know the story like myself i guess the title could be a little misleading but not like i had any expectations it was just that i had no idea it was going to be about um carny life and and the kind of sick and twisted part of it um it definitely looks dark and and eerie from just the hoopla that they put out about it. You know, like they made it seem like it was going to be a um, celebrities on a train type of deal. So it looked
0: like, yeah, like, uh, the uh, what did the Kenneth Branagh uh, yeah. uh, movies where they really put all <laughs> Nile, the people on the Nile. But uh, it's not a it's not a horror movie like you think. No. The titles Nightmare Alley and all the trailers make it kind of seem that, but it's not. It's definitely not a horror movie. It's, it's kind of it's, a drama. It's a, it's a drama. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: There are uh, horrific um, things,
0: but uh, I would not call it there a horror are. movie.
1: <laughs> no, no, not like that. Um, but I uh, thought that the movie was pretty steady from the beginning. Um, usually, a movie that's two and a half hours long will have couple lulls in it while you know there's some parts that while there's some parts that you know just need to be set scene setters those types of things are usually just lackluster for me but i didn't really get many of those which is good um kind of kept me engaged the whole time uh i like watching the progression of stan you know, seeing him come in there, kind of, uh, I guess, homeless and yeah. nothing, nothing to his name, and he then becomes this really successful clairvoyant. And I mean, that's pretty cool to watch. So I liked that whole part of it. Um, where it starts to lose me a little bit, though, I won't lie, is when we start to introduce Kate Blanchett's character, and um, it makes sense at the end what's going on, but. Just the well, I'll take that back. It makes sense what's going on during the whole relationship, and then at the end I'm kinda like, oh, that's what this was. <laughs> like <laughs> I wish. You don't it was like Cate
0: some... uh, Kate Blanchett's ultimate motivations? No,
1: I don't like the I don't like the um What's the word I'm trying to think of? I, I don't like the outcome of what this whole like motive was. So Regardless of that, I like a lot of people in this movie, and I think that they all did the job they were supposed to do. I didn't feel like anybody was out of place here, and I, I really just love Bradley Cooper, and I think he can play any role, and I think that he h- helps this role for the for the viewer to kind of see him as like this down deadbeat guy come into fame and then kind of uh spiral back down again like that that story that through line that we're watching him is really interesting so i will i will say that i i really did enjoy most of the character developments and and downfalls in this um the scenes the scene itself the scenery itself um, it's very eerie. Uh, I wouldn't have pinpointed that this is in New York. I don't know where it's supposed to be, but I, I guess maybe you know, the
0: second, like, when well, they're in the city, it's New York. But oh, um, uh, okay. So say I, don't I think when well, they're that, in the fields, it's in New York. I mean, it's somewhere. Uh, I was going like, to say,
1: I imagine these like carny setups are probably all over the country at this point. People trying to make a buck and and just entertainment for the forties, you know. So, um, it seemed like that would be true to life. To me, <laughs> I mean, they looked pretty legit. So, um, you know, a couple little things in there, like the like the police showing up and whatnot. Um, I imagine that happened quite a bit because of the exploitation. But you know, it's it wasn't anything so grotesque that I felt like it was weird to watch. So, I'll just leave it at that till we talk a little more in depth about things. But overall, I'm I'm giving it a positive feeling for the for the plot.
0: Uh, it's Buffalo, by the way, not New York City. So Buffalo, New York, is uh, where the, uh, oh, okay. the wealthy the wealthy people part is, and then yeah, the rest of the carnival is traveling. So I don't really know where it is. Um, I I've, I've read most people like the second half more, and I'm I'm kind of I like the first half more. I like the Carny life. I like the
1: first half too.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish she did more. Like I wish that the arc was him like getting big in the carnival and taking the carnival big, maybe taking over for. Willem Dafoe's character and we could still have the spiral at the end because I think that's a good part of the story I like that that's how I like how it's a it wraps around that way we also learn about we don't learn a lot about who Stan was before the carnival we don't know much about his like backstory really. But uh, we know it was bad. We know his life was not good beforehand, uh, and then we learn he's also—I mean, we figure out the other right thing. He's—he's he's not a great guy in general. Like he's—he uh, mm-hmm. takes—he's always taking advantage of people. And uh, it, it, at the end, we learn uh, him and his father. There's bad, bad things going on. Um, but he's—I like him as the protagonist. At, at the beginning, it takes me a little while to warm up because when he's just like Bradley Cooper walking off the street and like. He's supposed to be like the low man, and he and he's saw all, all the carnies are like like Ron Perlman's a weird looking guy, and uh, he's with the the little person who's like the I can't remember what his character his like act is. He's like the smallest man in the world, but he's like a regular. He's just like a regular guy with dwarfism. I, yeah, he's got the the and then Willem Dafoe's guy is. I mean, Willem Dafoe's always a strange looking dude, but he's like. He's the he's the classic. I keep using it. Carnival Barker, and uh, he's the one who, who like leads the show, and uh, is perhaps the most exploitive of all the people in this movie. Bradley Gooper's up there, but he's I think he's probably the the biggest offender, especially the way when we you know when we meet the geek, and it's literally like he, I lo- that's one of my favorite early on scenes when he tells mm-hmm. him how he got like how does someone become a geek because it's such a horrible existence. You get locked in a cage all the time. Uh, and you can't do anything... Like, even outside the act, it's not like it's a guy who puts on a show. They literally keep him in a cage at all times. Um, so he's like, oh, well, the secret is you find a scruffy-looking bum who would do anything for for uh, his addiction, for his alcohol, and you f- put a drop of this, and he has a little opium tincture, so he basically gets them addicted to opiates in addition to their alcoholism uh, while they're already homeless, and then uh, he gets them addicted to that, and then slowly takes all their shit away so that they kind of starve and they're going crazy they kind of go crazy and <laughs> then you release them out and you're like you gotta bite the head off the chicken if you want to keep getting your opium fix and they're going to yeah, so uh that's a nice manipulation <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice so, so so much so that the cops come the the cops come where they think i like uh when the cops come to like because obviously that's very illegal even in these times like you still couldn't do that <laughs> uh and mm-hmm. uh he like not they like knock the sign down real quick and then it drops down like some other like lamb sheep related act but that's where he first starts doing his that's where bradley cooper because he's been learning from um what are those characters xena and pete that's the tony clett and david strahan they're the former former uh mentalist act that was big and then i guess pete became an alcoholic and couldn't do it very well anymore and now Ze has to do it but um I that's one of my favorite parts is is mm-hmm. when he dresses down the what's his name, the officer, like the guy with the mustache, who had the, and then he tells all the Picardo people, like, ha- afterwards, like, all the little things he noticed, to like, put the thing, like, oh, he had a limp, and, uh, you know, you could see, he, I could tell he was going to be a mama's boy, and I got his name off the little, the the warrant thing that he grabbed from the one officer, uh, real quick, and just all the little, all the little details, and then in his shows, he does all the little details, I'm a...
1: I'm a fan of all this. Uh, And then the Cape Blanchett stuff. I wish there was more of the show, too. I really like all that, and it just shows, like, what was considered entertainment in the 40s, like, to us. We think it's so goofy and there's no way people can believe this stuff and who didn't see Xena looking down at the glass panel on the floor like those things but it didn't matter because that's what people wanted to believe I mean there's still that there's still that now I'm not saying there isn't but you know that's people traveled to go pay a, a quarter to watch some guy that they thought was a beast bite <laughs> off a chicken head like they didn't it shocks me that they didn't see that this person was getting abused and, and things, but Hey, like that's what they advertised it as. And I wish that there was more of that too. I, and I wish there was more of watching Stan once he got like big and famous or whatever, um, doing more of his, of his skits. I mean, we see a little bit more in coming up in the movie, um, when he's with Ezra, but, that's not quite the same, and that's when it becomes a little pathetic and sad. I like the
0: Ezra stuff until, like, I'm just like, you gotta, you gotta pull out, like, you gotta get, like, I wish you. It's always like the uh, just quit while you're ahead thing, but he obviously does yeah. not. Um, I like the Ezra stuff, but, but
1: well, because he now Zena has an addiction and, to uh, the money that he's making. So. And that's probably what happened to Pete. Because that's now what he, most of yeah, it's Pete's about. Like
0: pathetic alcoholic at the end who who, who, who dies because. He slipped. And that's again. That's It's probably a Stan slipping him the wood alcohol, right? Instead of the you know the, the, this box is for cleaning. This fucking. He
1: told him though. He told him it was wood alcohol. He walked into his house and said, "This is wood alcohol." He goes, "Yeah, right. Okay." Oh, I think I, I know, it. but I think I think he was <laughs>
0: I I think he was trying to like I, I think he was trying to get him in to, to drink it. I know he said it, but like I don't know. if, I think he would have tried to actually stop him if he really wanted him not to die.
1: Well. I, I liked, I liked that scene because it can be interpreted many different ways. Like I know I, we both know what happened, but I mean, the guy said it's wood alcohol and Pete was like, yeah, okay. But was it really, or did he really know he was giving him the wrong one? Like the scene before we got told what the blue versus red bottles yeah. are or whatever. Like I just, I liked the confusion and I liked the, was this on purpose type of deal. Like I thought that was, and really I'm with good.
0: you on the only part I don't love at, at its whole is the Kate Blanchett part because.
1: Oh, I you mean she, the rest of the fucking movie?
0: <laughs> well, it's not. I'd like because if you pull out her, because usually she's not the problem in movies for me. That's that's a rare thing. Usually she has the bright spots, but this is not the case because I like. Her, I like her. His interactions with uh, Lilith. We haven't talked about the girl who gets electrocuted and taken away. Another act I would have loved to see more of. I thought that was a good one, where she does. She gets, like, struck, like, electrocuted, and, like, she kind of does, but she's on a rubber mask, so it obviously doesn't kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I love his adventure, too, is, like, the, the act is good, but then he gets the electric chair thing, and he's going to have the, the the little dude with the put the mask on and throw the lever. Like, I love the theater. I was like, ah, oh, it's such a good, like, it's such a, he has a good mind. And that's why I was hoping and would have preferred him to just, like, do it, continue to do his own thing and, Instead of just, he becomes, like, a Vegas magician, basically. He's very smart.
1: He's very smart, and he's very quick. Like, he noticed um, all these little intricacies of the cop real quick. Um, I know, I saw his name on the paper they gave, and I looked at his shoes. I looked at his hair. Whatever he said. Like, he could have had so much... More fame and, and time. I <laughs> it's such. A I know shame. he was
0: doing so well, and then, and then. But the thing is, he's not the smartest. Cate Blanchett's the smartest. That's the wow. most. Important. But you know, he's not as smart as he's not as smart as Cate Blanchett because that uh, that's that whole. So her motivation. What did you what did you expect for her? Because she turns on him. We're in spoilers. She turns on him, and you kind of I kind of expect her to turn on him, and then there's the reasoning. So he she turns on him not because they're making a bunch of money together, swindling the rich people, especially Ezra, but she just wanted to prove that he couldn't get one over on her, and that she was she was the superior mind
1: so let me be honest about how I watched this movie like what i s what I saw <clears throat> so I see Kate Blanchett's character is a psychologist she's studying um all of these rich people and she's pretty clear about it. Like when he walks in, she shows him the recording device and all of the, um, tapes that she has and everything like that part. Like she's pretty transparent with who she is and what she's doing, why he thinks he's there. I'm really not quite sure. Um, but I, cause they meet at the thing. I don't know if she knew that he was so, his past, I don't know why she was there either, but anywho, so they collaborate and start doing this whole scheme. I don't know how he doesn't think that she is has a ulterior mo- motive than just scheming one of her old patients. Like, there, ha- he has to know, oh, yeah, you can keep your money in my safe. Like, okay, um, maybe he isn't as smart as we thought he was. Well, I think it's supposed just... to be like this,
0: like. This is 1940s, so maybe, like, old-timey psychologist or stuff. They're, like, the real... They're the real mentalists. They're the ones who are really... Yeah. Uh, they can trick the tricksters. They're so, I guess they're this so is tricky. supposed to
1: be, like, the, like, when the age of, like, people think that psychologists and therapists are all quacks and, yeah. you know, and she's trying to get her, um, herself established. Whatever. Like, whatever it is. So... Then it starts to move on a little bit, and we go too far with Ezra, and he freaks out because he sees a ghost (laughs) that isn't a ghost, and he learns that. We also go too far with Mary Hergenbergen's husband, and she kills him to go see her son and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's gotten too far now. I don't think that Kate Blanchett's character minds whatsoever. um, No. Because what I didn't see coming and what I'm still confused about and kind of pissed off about that this was what it was is that she was mad at him for guessing that there was a gun in her purse at the first reading that he had. So she's upset that somebody outsmarted her, so now she's taking revenge on like four people already. I don't I don't get it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, yes, it's uh, yes, it's you could boil it down to she guessed he guessed a gun was in her purse and that was like his, that was his first time going. You start to get the feeling that he believes he can actually do his powers and actually, like, trick people so effectively, no matter what, that he's, like, uh, like omniscient. And um, then after he the handle thing, he also comes back. They come back after the show, and he does, he continues to kind of dress her down. And then also, the old, that old dude he does, like, who's with her. I don't know how, I don't remember what his role was, but, like, he does a whole thing on her, on him, too. Um, yeah, I think I think she's just like uh, like oh you think you're you think you're better than me no I'm 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 the best. there's there could be only one top dog in, in Buffalo when it comes to tricking rich people so
1: that's that's all that's all fine like okay it's my least yeah, favorite
0: stuff too like I don't I, but I think uh, yeah. That's what he's going for.
1: <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not a fan of this but the one thing that still confuses me is when we get to we're we're really deep in right now and um the two men that they were kind of targeting have had their things happen and he shows up after all this and he's frantic and he shows up to her office and he's all frantic and stuff and she tries to do this like role reversal and she turns on the um recording device and she's like okay it stands eighth session and this is what's going on like did I miss when she was recording him before? Because I know it was very secretive. Like, the button was under the desk, and it kind of rolls out. But it all lights up and everything. Like, did I miss any other time where she was recording him? Did you notice? I don't remember.
0: I I don't remember specifically if when Because they meet multiple times in the second act. Like, three, four, five times. Like, in her office. Always in her office after that initial meeting. Um, and I- she says, I think she says last session, but she, but she does uh, do therapy stuff on it. Like he, 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 she makes him sit in the long yeah. chair and lay out, and then he talks about stuff. So, like so when they meet, they're scheming, but then she also does that stuff. So maybe she's like, say, scheme. And then she recorded And that doesn't make any then, sense with yeah, <laughs> the last so this whole session. Time she's she just like, said, this is our sixth session, of Well, she's also If I was investigating she knows all this, the time I'd be like he doesn't drink at all. I mean later he does, but she like he and he refuses the drink. and he's like, "Oh, why did you you didn't just refuse it. you were, like proud that you that you didn't. drink. like, "What's that all about?" doing the doing the therapist yeah. thing. And then that's when she gets him into him there. And then I don't remember, but maybe that's when she turns the recording she's on. She's trying to way. like they start doing that him. part and then turns it off when they scheme. Maybe it was
1: so maybe it was so discreet that like uh we missed it. I don't know, but that if they had made maybe drawn a little more attention to it, then it would make more sense that that rather than us just watching the last scene and she's like this is our last recording. I'm like when the fuck did you record before? It doesn't make any sense to me. It just it just all seemed kind of uh haphazard at the end.
0: And that she shoots him. She shoots him in the ear, <laughs> and then she
1: fucking shoots him. In the good head. thing it hit. I mean,
0: it could like—is it because she's a good shot? Because like, was she trying to kill him? Because she she coulda and like our, those pistols, I think have two shots in them. So those little those little ones. Yeah, that
1: came around full circle. So that was that. Oh was yeah, nice.
0: Trekov's gun. You got if you, there's a gun in the movie, you gotta it's got to go off. There's also. Chekhov's yeah. one-eyed baby and Chekhov's radio so we'll get to that and when we get to the very end um but yeah like and, and you know his ezra part like he he's he's gotten into too deep he's too into dangerous with cape blanchett and ezra and his bot, giant bodyguard guy and um his and his uh lilith is getting estranged and that's another reason why he keeps going to cape blanchett too is he he uh she says that she long you've Want me as your mistress and your mother. And I think there's some truth to that. Because he's drawing her in the sketchbooks with all the other people he was drawing. And, uh, you know, that... that
1: I must have phased myself out of some of these scenes. Because I don't think I recognized how close the relationship was between them. Like, I I felt... I feel like whenever I saw them together, it was like for five seconds, and that was it. But I, I guess I really did not care that much about those two together. That I didn't see a relationship forming or them kissing a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I, missed I don't. It. I don't even
0: remember if they ever. Yeah, I mind, missed all that. It's
1: always. It seems important to this to the plot of the second half, but I'll be honest: it really doesn't make a difference to me of how I feel about the movie if I had recognize more of that or not you know what i mean
0: mistress all all this part of brother mistress all that stuff was like mixed in into like how he felt about her and then she was faking everything i think like every everything she she says is she's she's playing him so i don't think at, at any point she's being genuine um yeah I, we're, we're harping on the part that we like the least uh what do you like what about what do you think of the end here where He's now on the run because he's he's killed some he he kills Ezra like he beats the shit out of him and then he uh, he runs over the bodyguard and he has this thing with Kate Blanchett now and he she screwed him out of all the money so he doesn't have any money well, and he uh, the girl the girl leaves him everything's wrong he within very quickly within like a few hours it feels like he was doing okay and then everything just hits the fan all at once.
1: Well, the one thing that I don't even know Kate Blanchett's character's name. Do we know it? Uh,
0: she is. Lilith, hold on, out of here. Is she Lilith? And maybe the other girls, some
1: something else. Whatever.
0: Um, she's Lilith. The uh, Rooney Mara is uh, Molly.
1: Oh, okay, Lilith. So, yeah, the I one. The one bomb that Lilith drops that I actually think was kind of interesting was when she points out his serious issues with um, adult male figures in his life. And I don't think we really recognize that until she says it. And we kind of look back through the film and we're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of true. Like he killed Ezra and he hypothetically killed Pete. And let's go back to the beginning. What happened in the beginning? Wow, I don't really remember what that was. Well, here's your flashback clip. (laughs) And it shows him killing his father and going back to the watch. And and what, I guess it's what, um, I forget who said it. I guess Pete said something about, well, we all know that someone's got either daddy issues or something else. and, And it all comes back to having a really shitty father figure or lack thereof or something and
0: i do wish we understood what was good like because the thing is the only time we get the flashbacks to the dad who is laying in bed he's old and he's clearly sick and I, he, the way he kills him is pretty cruel he literally like the house burns the house alive well no he burns he he'd i don't think he's i think he's Dead by the time he when he burns him, I think I think he kills him by opening the window and taking his blanket away and just watching him like freeze to death because he's just like laying uh, on this little bed, he can't move. Because I think because I think when he burns the house down, he's already in a body bag and like drags him unless he's still alive uh, in there. But I, I, yeah, but. Uh, we don't get any idea of like what was the abuse, where, where and we get where where was mom, what happened to mom. We don't we don't know anything about who well, the what kind of that, guy he was beforehand. Yeah, I mean the only
1: thing that we see is that Stan uses that i f daddy issues to his advantage because he imagines that he's not the only one that deals with that shit. And when we see the guy that whose son passed away um he feeds upon that and that's how he gets all these Mm -hmm. people to follow his thing and i really like all of that in this movie i like the manipulation because it just shows that um the, the general public is so easily manipulated by someone who has an inkling of what you know and you grasp onto that um and that's just it's kind of the the um theme i see throughout this with him is that he can just and that's kind of how it is still in present day people will just grasp onto one thing that's generic enough that a lot of people will agree with it and you have a you have a cult following <laughs> so um the ending is is quite interesting i actually liked it again this is why i said it came around full circle um that the the beginning was good and the ending I, I like that better than the middle chunk. <laughs> um, where we see him kind of get away and kind of end back where we started but with a twist. Yeah. And, no, the
0: ending is like I I don't know what the final scene is going to be until it starts. And then once yeah. it starts I'm like, "Oh, yeah. that's what we're doing." It's good like I didn't I didn't realize until he sits down with Tim Blake Nelson and I'm like, "Oh, and, and I I I, lo- I really like it because I liked the scene earlier about the about the when Willem Defoe's talking about the geek. I that's one of my favorite scenes. So it works really well with the, the paired one at the end.
1: I I really agree with you. And um, so basically, we get uh, Stan walking into another traveling uh, carnival, and he meets up with like the the head honcho and he's like i really need a job i'm i'm a mentalist and i've done it really well for over two years and he just sees how shit he looks and and how just like yeah he smells like piss disheveled and booze, and he's, yeah, yeah all, he looks he, he looks like a bum and he was gonna kick him out but he, <laughs> he says no you know what i have the job just for you and it's the same exact script that we get from willem dafoe at the beginning." Um, of what they tell the low life people looking for the second chance at life and it's just temporary, but temporary uh, temporary gives- till we what?
0: he gives them the shot they have they share the shot oh the yeah, the force yeah, the yeah, yeah yeah and bradley cooper takes it and then he doesn't take his and he just gives like a little smile because you know he put the fucking little thing
1: at the little drop in
0: there the uh, little yeah. drop. and then he's just like then uh, yeah that's when he's like eh, this is
1: temporary till we find a new geek you know what a yeah. geek is and he just fucking
0: goes nuts and he, and he just fucking breaks down he's like i was i was born to play it <laughs> he was laughing
1: and then crying like it's the reality set in and, and you know that scene really made me feel like I I went all the way back to the beginning and I thought about the geek in the beginning and damn this guy just was down on his luck and and something happened but um look at what he is now and it truly fucked that guy up forever and it's about to happen to Stan so it was like I really enjoyed thinking back to the beginning of the movie and it coming around full circle like that I could have dealt without the shit in the middle, <laughs> but I, I really liked the ending.
0: The office scene, that, that scene's good, too, because they also, um on the wall is Enoch, the, the one-eyed baby in a jar. Yeah. And he even says, like, oh, Enoch. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, bottom off another guy. And then he tells him the story. Stan tells the, the carnival guy, like... His whole thing, he's like, "Oh, that's a that's a neat neat angle." And then uh, also on the wall is his radio, the one he sold at the very beginning for right. five bucks when he joined the thing. We also didn't mention the, during the flashback uh, to his father, and we find out that he you know froze him out and then burned the house down. We see him take the watch, and then he gives up the watch to the other homeless guy. In yeah, the, I, I'm assuming that's Nightmare Alley because that's one like that's just like a, a stop along. A, a, it's like a stop along the train yard where a bunch of like just vagrants like set up a little shanty town basically. And they all just sit around and drink. And then probably he, yeah, he, he gives up the watch for the booze. Um, the end is really, yeah, the end is really good. And like, I still like the second half when it's, I like the Ezra stuff and I like his acts and his relationship with Molly and the other carnies come back for a scene too, to like, to, like catch up as like old friends. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, the K Blanchett stuff is the only thing that I'm like, eh, it doesn't quite all I like, I get what they're doing there, but it's it doesn't uh I, I like I just like the, the the Stan story better without without that not that chunk. But yeah. uh you know. Like, but she does say, Lilith does say, you know, you don't you don't fool anyone, Stan. People fool themselves. So Whatever. There you go. Very Yeah.
1: Alright, well, uh do you recommend Nightmare and Nicole? um yeah actually i think i do i um i like this for i'll say 75 percent of it um i think i'm partial to the actors in this so that definitely helped if it was some no-name people perhaps i would have some different feelings about it but i'd say the majority of this is you don't
0: think you'd like the 40s one
1: uh i mean it would probably be more true to the era so i don't know (laughs) um but no i I, this was quite enjoyable and it was really uh interesting scenery and everything i'm curious to see how it's gonna do at the oscars because um i i liked it so i would be happy to see if this won something
0: for my money, I like this more than Shape of Water, which is the, the one he got all the acclaim for. Like I, that might be a. I don't even know if it's a tighter story. I think this is a really good story. I understand why he would want to remake this. Also, I this I should say I saw this the second time with you. First time I saw it in theaters, and we just had an experience with the prior movie we talked about, which is a three hour epic. Uh, that uh, do you think it behooved you to watch it at home instead of in the theater because? you would have had to sit there for two and a half hours and the stuff you didn't like was the Cape Blanchet stuff so that's the second half stuff. I can see you uh, getting a well, little upset a little yeah. antsy by the time the hour two rolls around and we're still not done. I would
1: always pick watching something at home always 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 because <laughs> always no matter what. I like the comfort of my own home and I like to be able to pause it when I need to digest something. Or take a break so that it's not overwhelming. When you're in a theater and you can't stop it, then I'm already five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes behind because I'm still trying to keep catch up. Like I just—that's just the type of person I am. I don't think it's this movie in particular; that's literally any movie. So I can't say. Otherwise. <laughs> I didn't realize it was
0: any movie. I thought it was the the long ones you couldn't quite do. Mm-hmm. But
1: uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean that one more, but. <laughs>
0: Well, no, that's, that's like. I uh, like. I I love the big. I love the big, absorbed experience. I don't no, need to stop to me. it. No, I I like the. I like seeing them how the films were meant to be seen. They're meant to be seen on the big, the big silver screen. With Nicole yeah. Kidman telling you beforehand that somehow. <laughs> Heartbreak feels beautiful to play Uh MC. Uh yeah, I like Nightmare Alley. I recommend Nightmare Alley too. Uh it sounds like we pretty much line up two on the parts we liked and didn't like, yeah. but overall more definitely more good than bad. Really love the ending a lot. Like I think it ties up the story really well. All the little things so nice. Two recommends for Nightmare Alley. Yay. Yay. Hope it I this year I really don't have very many There there's aren't very many movies at the Oscars that I loved. I don't think any, I don't even know if any of my top five are nominated or for anything. Like all the stuff that I liked this year was not. Uh maybe No, I don't know. I really don't think I don't I don't think I have a dog in this fight this year. So uh maybe Nightmare Alley can win a couple things. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I like that um coming up we've got we got turning red next i think is what it's called the new pixar movie i have a host pick coming up uh nicholas cage movie getting closer almost there oh Oh, very excited we saw another trailer for that and uh very excited uh and other other stuff uh listener suggestion too so keep sending those in too films with the women in my life on facebook reach out to me on instagram i'm brennan underscore pod host and you can email the show films with the women at gmail.com thank you for being on nightmare alley bye bye till next time this is brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your